Straight at the 150, Pride of Jenny, a half length. Amelia's Jewel moves up on the outside, takes Pride of Jenny, is coming clear. Great pipe opener, bring on the crossbow. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. Call me the Rachel King of the Mountain if you don't mind. What a fantastic day's racing at Randwick. It might have been AFL Grand Final Day in Melbourne, but some uh, some history made at Randwick. And I know this because Bruce McAvady said it. It's not my stat, but <laughs> the first time ever the group uh, at uh, Group One was won by a female rider on the same day. So Rachel King, of course, who uh, who won the Metropolitan on just fine. Uh, Kathy O'Hara wins on Raidenere, and Friday night, oh, did we hear about the, those fantastic horses? Firstly, from WA in uh, Millie's Jewel and from New Zealand Imperatrice. All that audio courtesy of Sky Racing and Racing.com. And this audio courtesy of Vince Cardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Hey, good morning, Ralphie. Where are we starting today? Well, look, we'll start Mooney Valley Friday night because I want to ask you with this question. Did we see the best two mares since Black Caviar and Winks Friday night? Amelia's Jewel and Imperatrice. Because I've oh. seen your IVRs and we're about to talk about them. Wow, we. Very close to, very, very close to what I have to say. They've definitely put themselves right at the top. I mean, Imperatrice has just taken off to a whole new <laughs> level. And the way it charged at the line, there's, it's impossible to think that's where it can only end. No, no way at all. So let's let's talk through Mooney Valley first. Uh, firstly, Vince, the track was good three. What would you call it? <laughs> Good three, righty, eh? It's illegal to say fast two, apparently. Well, I wonder how you break track records. (laughs) 5.3 lengths faster than standard. I mean, just before you even look at any of the variables in the early, middle, late, it came up 2.4 lengths faster than standard. That's straight off the bat, which that's correct that it would put you right in the middle of G3, 
but a plus 5.31, it's impossible to uh, be on a G3. You had to be F2. Wow. So let, let, we'll start in, uh, in, in the order that the, the races were run, mm-hmm. and that was uh, firstly in the stock stakes, Amelia's Jewel. So for me, there was only one query pre-race, and that was, um, that was on Mooney Valley, track fast. Would any of those two leaders really make it impossible if – uh, Amelia's jaw was written to a normal pattern. Back in the field, find a position. Well, Damien Lane took that right out of the equation early. So when when it won at Flemington, 1.8 links above benchmark, third on the day. This is what we wrote in Sizzlers. Stunning return by this start WA mare. It strongly suggests the best is yet to come. Cruise through the first section going 5.2 links below benchmark. So that's the key point there. Uh, before an easy mid-race, 0.7 from the 800 to 400. This was around 10 links slower first two sections combined uh, compared to her previous two first up runs. However, she let down 1.9 last 400, but did peak on a run. Micro splits showed she increased three links from the 400 to 100, then lost the length last 200. That says plus three range and climbing as a conservative call last time. Like, next start, sorry. All-time PB currently 3.6 into the plus four to plus five range from there. What'd you do? Oh, Ralphie, jeez, I, I love listening to that. How's plus 5.8? <laughs> so so we get a downgrade. <laughs> right. So let, actually, firstly, let's talk through that downgrade because there's two things that are important. A, you do have to adjust for a fast track, but B, it doesn't matter how fast the track is, you and me aren't going to beat Usain Bolt in a race. So uh, no. talk us through your, your, your thinking there with bringing the – the clock down, but also what her raw time actually was. Yeah, well, when we look at the raw times against the history 1,710 records, plus 9.4. That That's like high, 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 high. I mean, there are performances, as we've seen, where you can, at Mooney Valley, when the track's super quick, and let's say they're very, very elite horses, do can get the raw figures up in that plus 12, 16 range. Yep. So we're not that at that level, right? But the reality is it was like as high as what we've seen in recent times. Like it's fantastic. So the adjustment basically came into play because of the quickening of that track. The track did get quicker as the night progressed. That what definitely wasn't slowing. Yep. And the reality is when you look at, Particularly, I look very closely at all the intel approaching the 600-metre mark, and it was just like rock-solid 2.5 faster than standard. And then that last 200 metres and the changeover speed from leader versus winner, it was like super, super hot, Ralph. It was between 2.1 and 5.81. So that track last 200 was flying fast. Right. So 5.8 on on adjustments. This is really elite area. So firstly, let me ask you, I think Damien Lane won the race early because Pride of Jenny, it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, Pride of Jenny, it was the leader's track and all that. But we, we said it on this in the preview podcast when she ran first up, this horse is a spiker. And when she spikes... She can produce a big performance. So she was just beating her nose in the Coolmore earlier this year at Rose Hill, 3.5 leagues above benchmark, going an insane 13.7 leagues above benchmark. This time with good even speed, well done Craig knew it for a perfectly judged rider and a fast leader. She, she's smashed her all-time PB. Well, the, this is what's really interesting, firstly, with pride of Jenny Ralphie. Had to be a big question mark whether that horse could come back after that horrendous run 
back in April of yep. last of earlier this year. Sorry, I feel this that this team have got this mayor <laughs> going to another level. That doesn't matter how you look at it. Plus five point one. It deserves the same respect as Amelia's jewel. Seriously, Ralphie, it is unbelievable because they smashed the rest of the competition and clearly proved that they were lengths better than them as well, right? Yep. And I just firstly said, can't believe how well Pride of Jenny went. Plus 2.7 first section, hot in the mid-race, going plus 4.6. Entitled to weaken overall. That last, what, 400 metres, probably lost around three and a half lengths of overall velocity. But you're entitled to do that, Ralphie. And then when we look at Amelia's Jewel, and you talked about the rider, plus 0.3 first section sort of brought me back to this horse's performance all the way back at Ascot, where this horse was asked to go above benchmark. This is Amelia's Jewel. That particular day, it went 3.6 lengths faster than standard. So you knew there was potential this horse could cope with speed if it was pushed into that position. I love the mid-race, though. Plus five between the eight and the 400. And last last 400 metres, Ralphie, plus four. I mean, I'm just looking at the, the breakdown of the splits. It's almost impossible to fault the way this horse went late, other than saying that... The horse was easing a little bit from the 600 metres all the way to the 200 before kicking again. And that does leave room, and this is coming back to your initial point, are they as good as what we've seen, like a Winks and all that in terms of mare? There's got to be potentially another length of improvement to come. Wow. For Amelia's Jewel, where prior to Jenny, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's uh, half a length. Yeah. So here's the, here's the drum roll, please, because I'm sure most people listening to this are going to want to know your thoughts here. Uh, flip of the coin, Golden Eagle or Cox Plate, what's their best? Well, right now, the scoreboard clearly says uh, you'd have to be uh, very unwise if you weren't seriously saying the Eagle's where I need to belong and take all the money. <laughs> so, in other words, and, and uh, oh, I think this is a Rob Waterhouse uh, mantra, just, just think what the market would do. She'd, she'd start so short in an eagle, but against the monsters, and I know that they get the opportunity to wait for a romantic warrior. Let's see what it does this Saturday. Uh, but what you're saying is, and right now, the known is she's an absolute superstar this distance range. The unknown is 2,400, uh, sorry, 2,040, Cox Plate, and against some significant international competition. Yeah, well, when we look at the Cox Plate, we know, generally speaking, that plus 5.8 is the low end. Yes. Win a Cox Plate, like absolute low end. I mean, there has been that one or two years where a two and a half's done it, but that's pretty rare, right? Yep. But the reality is you need to have a horse that's capable of going plus six, plus eight. Now, now there's a length there. Is that enough? And then you've got to do it at 2,000 metres. With her electric straight line speed, you would just feel <laughs> Sydney, if you can go that way of going, and you've got 350, 380 metres straight, you just wouldn't think of anything else. <laughs> Even before you get to the money, right? Uh, would it take you that long to get to the money? No. I reckon, I reckon you'd be thinking about that pretty quick. <laughs> I would have already been booked. In, in fact, in fact, if it was me, this is just me talking. Yes. I would have already negotiated an Everest slot. Right. Okay. Back there, nice and fit. Oh, uh, why not? Do nothing with it. <laughs> Coiled spring, bang. 
Oh, so, well, well, unless I knew Imperatrice would have gone there. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, we're going to, uh, sorry, I just I mentioned Romantic uh, Warrior. So this week, the preview podcast is back because he's going to run in the Turnbull Stakes. So we're going to concentrate on Fleming this week. It's it's a really deep card too. There's the Bart Cummings to try and qualify for the Melbourne Cup. There's a good race for Mayors, good race for Phillies, good speed race up the straight there. So really uh, a heap of uh, a heap of depth to the card as well. But the, the group one's the Turnbull and it's going to be fantastic. And the first time you'll get to hear what Vince Carty thinks about the uh, the Romantic Warrior form and how it lines up with Melbourne form, it will be by this preview podcast. So go to my website, racetrackralfie.com.au, click through the link to preview podcast. You can get that. It comes with the race speed profiles, and there's an option if you're already an existing customer of Daily Sectionals to uh, top that up with just a podcast-only option, but only if you're an existing uh, customer of Daily Sectionals. Righto, let's get to Imperatrice, Vince. The... Uh, and we uh, give our members an opportunity to ask a question on a Sunday. James has asked, how good is the new Queen of the Valley? Feel like not many do what she's done these two starts. Not to many mention she's already a multiple group one winner. Love the pod. Good on you, James. Appreciate your support there. What's your thoughts, Vince? Well, uh, the emergence of a, of a real star. That, that's, yep. what that's what we've got, right? The 6.4... Best of the day or best of the night performance, I don't really believe it does justice, right? Firstly, 1.6 lengths below benchmark first section. That's that's a high cruising speed for a 1,000 metres. It's already a length and a half faster than what it did first up. But between the 8 and the 4 to go, plus 5.2, that's almost three quarters of a length quicker than what it did first up at the valley. And I, I, I just sit back and say, well, it was very hard for any horse to be able to go faster than the 8.6 above that it did at the Valley first up, right? Off that, you know, slightly softer first and second section. But to go 9.3 last 400, <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, even the 200-meter point, right, was even quicker. Okay, it was a faster track, right? But the reality is it is phenomenal. That exertion of sustained Elite level speed last 800. It is as good as a black KVR. It even is, this is for the last 800 metres, not overall, yep. right, Ralph? Because I mean, black KVR could do another two, three, four lengths faster first section, right? Right. That was a horse that could break, and he's one horse that has broken 10 seconds for 200 metres up the straight through the first section at Flemington, right? Yep. So putting that aside, definitely in a Winx territory in terms of that. Uh, capability it's just now a question of what are they really what are they going to do with this horse Rafi? i mean i i did see that is it in the market for the everest so the the, the setup is this that it's it stayed in the market non non-nominated for the everest and and i think there's three slots available now what it will require will be one of the slot holders to not even say 50 50 to may, maybe say i'll take 2080 or something ridiculous because um and uh, a good mate of mine who, who understands the kiwis well daddy power uh, said to me uh, that uh, this this is a horse a bit of a quirky mare very relaxed where she is, very happy where she is. They're starting a new base. They'll be happy just to take, pick the money up off the ground and take the Medicato uh, and not, not travel to Sydney. So in other words, it'll take a huge offer to get her to go to Sydney. So at this stage, it's just going to run around on the Medicato and it'll probably start at $1.20. So the, if you win the Everest, how much money is for the first horse across the line? 
Well, I think it's I think it's thirteen. It's something, something ridiculous. Anyway, uh, Danny sort of said the way it would look up it was basically a, a difference between three million at this stage if you go fifty fifty. I think it's six million after after all the X's and everything else, first prize. But you then split it through fifty fifty. So I think it's three million versus one point two, starting at a dollar ten, staying here. Right. So as far as the connection. Okay. So if you had an Everest ticket. Yeah, well, yeah, I can. I understand that. Okay, so, mm, all right. Well, it's 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 you're not a you're not a shoe in because there are two other super high level horses that would be there at least. So yes. there's no certainty that you would be able to win. Jeez, you'd be like a high probability first three. Oh yeah, well take the easy money then. If it's only going to make you an extra million, I think if you could make an extra five million, you wouldn't think twice, would you? Well, in fact, I found the tweet there. So, so he said, uh, like I said, this is Danny who knows the Kiwis well. He's great mates with Murray Baker. Uh, the Everest first prize is seven million. They have to split it with a slot holder. So for a twenty million race, the Kiwis get three point five. She's a quirky mare settled here. The Manicato is one point two first prize at a sneeze, and also that means she, you know, going around a dollar ten, she can then. Back up two weeks later at Flemington and and you know go for probably two million first prize money. So where would she back up two weeks later, Alfie? Up the straight the final day of Melbourne Cup Cup week. Uh, okay, and that might meet some horses from the Everest. Yeah, who as we've seen previously, sometimes they're flat as pancakes. Yeah, I wonder if this horse would be as good up the straight as a turn. Mm, interesting. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. We've got to start. We've got to start. What a great situation for them to be in. And yeah, look, if you were if you were getting all the money on your own, of course the Everest would be exciting. But if <laughs> when you start to do the big splits, yeah. So we know as far as a, a short course specialist, but she's gone to a new level at five point one. Oh. If you're a slot holder, why wouldn't you throw money at Uncommon James, who's you know she, he's got more of a scope for for twelve hundred, you would think. So just talk us through about what these two do because they were enormous as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, firstly, Uncommon James. Unbelievable performance. Absolutely unbelievable. When I look at the breakdown and what it did, it, it's come back sensational, Ralphie. 4.4 above overall. That's a new PB. Now, if you can look at the trend lines and say to yourself, is it possible that this horse has improved three lengths from last wow. campaign to this? I initially looked at it like that, but then I looked at, the trial had a Dooman, the jump out it had a Kilmore, and the intel all indicating more forward than the previous campaign. So they had this horse very wound up for a first up tilt here. I'm not saying peak, but close to a peak. Therefore, the improvement might only be subtle, like a length. And now if I want to confirm that, this is again just form students, the, the the form students that use the intel that we use, Ralphie, you just look at those closing splits and you have a look at how that horse went last 200 metres, like plus 3.6. There was no drop-off. There was a slight slowing between the four and the two of around 0.9. But if I look at it from the six to the four, it's probably more like about half a length. This horse doesn't have the same scope for improvement as what I initially thought. But still, this would win you a lot of race. But would it win you an Everest? You know you're going to have to go plus six or better. I don't know. Now, as Fora, wow, this was another like, you know, 
where are these horses coming from in terms of their performances? I mean, what Henry's done with this horse is phenomenal. Sure, it's had the one run and wasn't like at its top with a plus 1.9 the start before, but to turn up here and really put in a, a booming last 800 metres, what is it? It's, it's like... Tw- 12 lengths combined, last 800 metres above benchmark, and producer 5.3. Pretty stunning, in my view, Ralphie. Could this horse improve any more? Well, the intel's saying less improvement than Uncommon James, right? So we've probably seen its top at the Valley, and, you know, I haven't factored in any additionals on the quickness of the track other than the final figure adjustments. Um, I just sort of sit back here and say, okay, part of the drag of the race, very fast speed. Could you get up to a plus six? Well, you'd be competitive if you could bring that to 1,200 metres. Could you bring that to 1,200 metres, though, Ralph? That's the question with as for Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I think there'll be a bit of dodging. I wonder if uh, they'll consider going to the winter bottom like the, the Uncommon James team, go over to Perth, because that figure can win you a win- winter bottom. Well, that what distance is that? Twelve hundred Ascot. Nah, now nah, you got that other horse going there, haven't you? From Sydney. Oh, is there another uh, oh, mm. Beyond? Is it? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, overpass. But I think there's another one as well. Oh, I, I, try and find <laughs> eleven thousand meter race. I don't know if you'd go and spend all the money and go down there, Ralph, because it's <laughs> there's some hot horses running around, and you're up there. But yep, it's competitive. Uh, I just want to leave before I leave Moody Valley. I just want to talk about a fundamental here because it's actually one of the lower profile races. Um, there's a there's another winner that I want to ask you about. I might keep that for a preview podcast. But for race three here, Najim Sahail, people want to take back that into favoritism. So you know, there's lots of different ways of looking at racing. This is the way we talk about the way you measure racing. Would you have had stolen money on Najim Sahail on a 13 day backup from Flemington? What was he asked to do that day? It screamed, "Here comes flat and run." Oh, I mean, to go first section plus 8.6, are you kidding? Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That is as fast as you can go. You just can't, Rolfie. And that's why you see the 18.7 last 400 metres completely fell apart. Impossible to be able to turn around and even off a 13-day break back up and ask for that sort of effort. And still, I was surprised the horse could even break benchmark first section, which it did, plus a half. Still held some reasonable form between the eight and the four hundred. Look out next start. Yeah, because it can rebound hard. Yep. Yep. All right, that's Mooney Valley. Let's have a look at Ramwick. Might do it in uh, in feature race order. I'm doing this for a reason. So if we if we kick off with uh, uh, sorry, firstly, um, how how the actual track play? It seemed like it was nice and quick, which uh, probably made it harder for the lanes <laughs> coming into play. Light, nice and quick. Oh, are we blessed with the weather in terms <laughs> of how quick those tracks? Ah, uh, well, you got a not you got a race nine where they were really going for world records for twenty four hundred plus thirteen. I mean that's just crazy. But even if I omit that, Ralphie, and there was a couple of other super fast races, race five and six, but I'm that, they deserve to be where they are because those races can be run with a lot of high pressure. The reality is, you've got a track that's racing at least a length faster than standard. And then when we look at to the 600 all the way to the finish line, it was probably a rock-solid G3, Rolfie. That, that's probably where we ended up, rock-solid G3. Not as, If I compare it to Mooney Valley, it was probably a length and a half slower in overall track conditions. In, this is the speed in the track between the two. Yep. 
All right, so nice and firm there. Um, let's let's start with the dulcifier, which is race five in the program. Vince, was it one of those days where you could do all the form and I know how hard you work with uh, with your form, and then at the end of it you say, I better include the Wardhouse spot team and everything. <laughs> Did they put on a show? It started with Gam Bear in race five. Um, Tom Kitten was the short price favourite here. Was it? It's it, that's borderline non-winning position, isn't it? Where it settled in the run. Tough. When you're yeah. going that sort of speed, even if we take away the 6.7, right, a noisy boy who finished at the end, and we look at the 5.9 to 4 range being the real sort of speed, the reality is you're still at least a length to two lengths outside of that zone where you need to be. Yep. This is so, with Tom Gitton. Yeah. So he's, he's trying to increase his speed off an already fast speed. So uh, ultimately, what have you given Gambier? Because it's a lightly raced horse. And like I said, this is a, this is a Waterhouse special suddenly going forward as it did at Hawkesbury in blinkers. And this is its second start in blinkers. Yeah, in, in blinkers. Well, the performance was outstanding, Ralph. Just missed out on the top 10, which is not easy to do, but a 0.9 above overall. Fantastic performance. Love the way this horse has generated so much pace through the first half of the race. You know, Four lengths above, Ralphie. When you look at it from that angle, it's a new PB for the horse. Even in the mid-race, it was a new PB. Uh, overall, last 400, it has demonstrated slightly quicker speed, but not off that type of race shape. So this is a cult. Oh, yeah, it's a cult. It's yep. come to, to the next level, Ralphie. So a lot of these will go to the spring champion over 2,000 metres next start. I think uh, Tom Kitten's, uh, you know, that's its target. That's why they didn't run it in the Golden Rose. What type of uh, forecast have you got for a, a horse like Tom Kitten, given that next start, 2,000, more relaxed, and it looked like that's its grand final, the way it's also being ridden now? Well, it clearly demonstrated the ability of relaxing. That, yeah. That's probably got to be a major, major plus with the horse. 3.1 lengths below benchmark first section. This horse can relax even more than that. So the 2,000 metres is going to be ideal. It was an excellent extension in the mid-race as well, Ralphie, going plus six. It's a new PB for the horse in a in a pretty significant manner and did a big job. And you can see the taper at the end. I actually felt this horse started tapering from the 600 when yep. you look at the intel. And when I see that sort of profile, it just sort of indicates to me that there's no way this horse has come to its absolute top yet. Tropical score wins the Group 1 f flight stakes. And, uh, and wow, was this a, a performance of sustained speed? Oh, that, that's record pace, Ralphie. <laughs> Plus 7.7. .7. We do see it from time to time, but my goodness. Talk about running the competition into the ground. If that was the strategy, they nailed it. And I actually feel this is great to see because this is one of the things that the Waterhouse pre-bot were just – synonymous with they love that type of strategy and i felt for a while that wasn't really happening a lot but now in this last year we have seen the re-emergence of get your horses rock hard fit take them to the front and just put pressure on everybody and this one and this definitely won the horse to race i mean how do you go 7.7 .7 above um, and keep running and of course you're going to drop off the last 400 meters but wow i, I was taken by this 1.4 above new pb and absolutely lock it in that um that's a very very uh, serious performance Wow. All right. So now that that was the first section, 7.7 .7 length above benchmark early. 
you would expect that from the Epsom. How much slower was the Epsom in race eight? We're going to skip race seven for now. Uh, how much slower was that? Because Gold Miles led. I thought, what's Blake doing there? But as always, the best jockeys, they ride to the field. And uh, and what a, what an amazing situation to have a big feature mile run at such a moderate pace. Oh, who would have predicted that? Oh, I, de- I definitely didn't, Ralphie. Under no circumstances could I really and truly visualise that outcome. I did obviously feel Golden Mile could go forward. Yep. But still, just the natural energy of the race would have – at least you would have gone above benchmark. But here we are, 4.8 lengths below benchmark through the first section. Well, I guess if you can get away with it, why not, right? Yep. But, but then what happens? This is the big thing. I've got to, got to talk about the second horse, Ralphie, but to, when you have the huge extension in the mid-race, that pretty much knocks out all the competition. So realistically, the horses closest to the lead are the greatest chances of winning when you're in that situation. If you can be leading one, two, three lengths maximum from that lead pack, and then you have a massive mid-race move, and the move is anywhere between 16 to 19 lengths, that's over three seconds. No one's got anything left. And then you get into a fast home straight and horses are still finding, right? Yeah. Wow. So yep. a couple of members question here. And firstly, I just want to back back, back over the difference in speed. So the, the Epsom first 800 was 12.8 links slower than the flight. It just doesn't happen. So it did. Anyway, righto. Tom's asked Raidenier, even though Waller was spruiky, I was looking at the IVR data. I just couldn't chuck it in the quaddy. What was I missing? Uh, also, Alistair and Daniel have asked similar questions about Kovalika. Daniel asking about, was he projected 2,000? And Alistair said, Kovalika, Waller mentioned about a month ago he could be his Cox Plate chance. After Saturday's barnstorming finish, would have been the figures support his claim. So firstly, the winner rode near perfect run in transit for uh, for Cathy O'Hara and got the money. Um, overall, IVR figure 2.2. That's on the low end for an Epsom. Oh, well, it is. And this has obviously all got to do with the, the race shape early, Ralphie. When you get such a slow pace, this is going to happen. But we have to then allow for that huge mid-race. Yep. So... 2.1, 2.2. Well, look at the competition around it. Probably it's not far off where it should be. Now, I did have a good look at the winner. I could see a scenario where this horse had the potential to go maximum plus three. And I just felt with the track speed and that, that horse was right on the stumper. So this, this race ended up getting probably what it deserved. Now, the second horse, this is the one we're talking about for a Cox Drum roll, please. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to come from 10.7 lengths below benchmark, there's no way you could have finished top three, but it did. It, it almost won the race, right? Phenomenal mid-race move of 18.8. That's as good as any elite horse can go. That's a that's Cox Plate material, that move. And in the last 400 metres, plus 7.5, with a taper that kicked in from the 400 to the finish because of the massive exertion of around two lengths, this sort of pins the horse at at least plus four. Is that going to be good enough to win a Cox Plate? Well, I would say this horse is probably still evolving. So let's see. Chris Waller used the Epsom as the lead in for weeks. Yeah. I can't help thinking he's he's thinking the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, well, sure, that's... You know, obviously a great thought, but 
would he be really thinking this is better than Winks? No, 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 of course not. I'm just no. talking about from a, from a race pattern point of view, saying, well, you know, this is the well, – I can do it with a miler. Uh, yep. And that was that was before Winks uh, became Winks, if you like, uh, after after winning the Epsom. It was, a, it was a – well, I suppose it was a freak win from a non-winning position as well in the Epsom. So let's, let's, let's see what happens there. Uh, of the rest, um, there were just people, horses in just in non-winning positions, weren't they? Like Hope in Your Heart and My Oberon and, and Vince. I'm sure you're in a bit of a coma watching the inevitable. Yeah, what are they doing with that, Ralphie? <laughs> Best last four hundred of the day, and uh, and out, just out of play though, where, where it settled. Yeah, and do you know where they're going with that horse next? I don't. No, I, I don't. The stewards actually grilled, grilled the jockey over his positioning. Well, when you're going that pace, yep, you would think there'd be more intent, right? Yep. But if you're written, if you're riding to instructions, right? Yeah. Maybe that's what they said. Just get back in the field because they probably thought it was going to be fast pace, but they just the rider decided to just play that card as opposed to judging. Well, this is the speed. Let's do something about it. Um, but then I sit back and say, all right, I may not have had the same luck as the second horse, but the second horse did beat it fair and square. Yeah, and a lot more upside too uh, mm. for the second mm. horse. That might have been its opportunity. That's that's racing. You got to take your take your opportunities when they're there. Last race, Rachel King certainly did that on just fine. And we mentioned the Epsom wasn't a fast speed. Was this a fast speed, Vince? The Metropolitan. Oh, it, it was brilliant. Really, it reminded <laughs> me of some of the fastest Caulfield Cup races. Right, I mean thirteen point one. That's just phenomenal pace. No rest. There must have been a strategy. They Spirit Ridge. They must have come up with a plan saying, let's make it a true contest because there were some question marks. Some people were saying that perhaps Just Fine can't get the 2,400. But I did make a little communication on that uh, racing or the the big sports sky, whatever that is on the radio on a Friday, Ralphie. I did make the comment that, that, you know, that's an illusion. There's no way this horse is going to have any problems getting the 2,400. The only challenge the horse could have is – if they choose to make it a fight up front, but if they take the seat, it's go and get the money. Yeah. Now, if you're happy with the skinny price. But 11.5, I still was never imagining anything like that, Ralphie. It was huge. Everybody's entitled to week. And overall, plus 3.4, that's as low as I could score it. Yep. Couldn't score it any lower than that. Is there so 9.8 any nine point eight raw? Yep. We just want to yeah. underline this. <laughs> yeah, nine point eight raw. I mean, I, I went to the outer edge. Yep. I like to mark them really hard at twenty four hundred meters because I like to compare it directly to a Caulfield Cup type profile. And the reality is, probably Spirit Ridge ran beyond itself. Would have slept well. Yeah, could it be because, <laughs> yeah, could it be because they went so fast? So they did it once before. If you go all the way back, Ralphie, to the beginning of this year at Warwick Farm, they went twelve point two faster than standard, and the horse got beaten three. But here, it only just got beaten on the line. Is because really, other than the winner, the rest were spent. Yes. So a horse like Just Fine goes to the Caulfield Cup. Three point fours in in the winning range of a Caulfield Cup. What does that speed do for it? I mean, I know this, the Waterhouse Bot team is so on fire, but if it gets into another fast race, could could that be a challenge? Or are you just saying now this horse has got the mouth guarded, he's in the zone? Yeah, but how how far away is the Caulfield Cup? Three weeks. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Could you have made a better recipe than that? Right. Is there yeah. going to be any rock stars from overseas? Don't think so. Yeah. 
Oh, well, Who, yeah. Who's going to beat it locally? <laughs> this horse could box plate. Well, who knows? I wonder if they'll run Gold Trip against it or some of those. But, yeah, oh, so it's all going to unfold the turbo this week. Oh, but, uh, yeah, okay. Sorry, yeah. Yep. Okay, Gold yeah. Trip. <laughs> Sorry. It, uh, it, it's, it's a really fascinating setup here. But what you're saying, you, you couldn't be happier with this uh, horse from a, from a Caulfield Cup point of view from this. No, and if they run two, three lengths slower, the horse will produce a higher overall figure. Yeah, well, all right. So that's, that's something to look forward to. They've got a dead set star. All right, um, what we'll do for our uh, bonus podcast here, that, that sprint was a serious performance, obviously, from the uh, likes of Think About It, Hawaii Five-0, who now gets into the Everest, Bella Nipatina. So that was a beauty there. So uh, I'll, I'll save that for the preview podcast, as well as a good Mooney Valley win that uh, that was um, on Friday night that I want to ask Vince about. So for our Group 1 bonus members, you'll get that. We'll do another 10, 15 minutes as a bonus content there. If you want to become a member and get it, reminder, a lot of people like whinging about corporate bookmakers. Well, we are corporate bookmaker ad-free. We are here because of our fantastic support from our members. And uh, if you want to become a member, via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au, and uh, and we'll look after you there as far as uh, as far as all these type of uh, bonus podcasts here. In fact, I'll uh, I'll just add one more. There's a, a bit of a members question here. Sorry, yeah, in the last race, uh, Airman Vince, what uh, what's your thoughts with uh, with what Airman did there? This from uh, from Brody uh, won the uh, won the last race. He said, "I'd like to know what Airman did on the clock. Look to cruise home off a strong speed. That's the last race at Randwick." Well, 4.6 lengths below benchmark first section, pretty cruisy pace if you compare to other things that you've seen. But in terms of where you are in the zone, I mean, lead speed was 0.8 below benchmark. So you're in a golden spot. I felt the first and second horses were 100% in that golden zone. The mid-race move wasn't a high extension. It was uh, two lengths faster than the standard between the 8 and the 400. So the squeeze was around 6.6 lengths. Last 400... Well, you're entitled to be strong, and it was strong, four lengths faster than standard. But if I compare it to some other races on the day, a little bit on the soft side, overall performance, probably a little bit disappointing for me, not breaking benchmark, 0.4 below. So it needs to keep evolving. That's that's yep, the bottom line yep, there. Absolutely. This horse there. And Robert's asked about Antino yesterday at Sandown. Have you had a chance to clock Sandown yesterday? No. Right, what I'll do for our listed and Group 1 members, so all our members here, what I'll do, I'll write up Antino's performance when uh, when you've had a chance to clock it, and I'll write you up a, a little report on what Antino did yesterday as a, as a little bonus there for our members. So once again, we appreciate your support. If you want to get the preview podcast this Friday, big look at the Turnbull Stakes Day. Can't wait. All of Vince Carty's work via dailysectionals.com.au and mine via racetrackralphie.com.au.